Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and it's been so hard to keep a secret. Really, ever since I can remember learning what a secret was, I wanted to share them all. <laughs> Today, we can finally reveal the Drinking Socially badge. Whoa. We'll cover the details after we crack open a beer, but Harrison and I and the team at Untapped, and I think even my mom a little bit, <laughs> uh, we've all been working hard to make sure we get this badge set up for season three and get us a little bit closer to drinking together. And I'm Harrison, and indeed, today is a huge day, exciting news to go along with today's brews. This has been a long time in the works, so we're all pretty jacked up over here. Looking forward to filling you in on the the details, this badge, and a bit excitement certainly abounds. But first, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. and can be found at podcast.untap.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts. Wow. Excited about the badge, Um, but before we get there, Harrison, it's been a while since we've had a beer together. Right, Um, tell me, tell me about, tell me about your weekend. Air quotes as it's been longer than that, but (laughs) any cool beers? uh, Any cool things you've been doing? Yep, yeah, kind of revisited a classic or one that a beer that I really started to enjoy since moving down to North Carolina. I had Ninja Porter from. Asheville Brewing Company uh, this past weekend, uh, which is, is a classic American-style porter. actually won the 2014 World Beer Cup Gold Medal uh, and then the bronze again um, in 2018 for the brown porter category. And it's just, it's classic as can be. It's nice, kind of rich body. It's um, not, but not too heavy. A lot of chocolate happening with some caramel and coffee notes. And they use... Uh, some really earthy hops, which I love in a nice. porter like Mount Hood and a Northern Brewer in Cascade, I think. Um, so it's just a great beer. And it's been like in the 60s here, so it's not exactly what I would call a porter drinking weather. <laughs> but at night it gets a little bit cooler and definitely enjoyed um, a few of those this past weekend. And before that, because you're right, John, it's been a little longer than a week since we've done this. I was traveling for the holidays and, and up to Connecticut where uh, – my family and I am originally from and got to have a counterweight uh, brewing company's Headway IPA, which is awesome. That's a pretty and, big deal up there, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and if you don't know, the, um, Matt, who started counterweight, was New England Brewing Company's brewer for decades, or not decades, for a long time, for I almost think about 10 years. Um, and he is kind of responsible for a lot of the recipes that kind of really made them a pioneer in this crazy New England-style beer renaissance or wave or whatever it is that we're all in the middle of now. So he has his own brewery now and uh, called Counterweight and their Headway IPA is their flagship. It's awesome. It's available all over the place, which is wild because it's very, very good. And if you didn't tell me that, I assume it would be really hard to get and there'd be lines at the door for it. And yet I had it for $3 at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was amazing. That's a, thanks for bringing it. Oh, no, no, never mind. <laughs> that was right. That was also a nice little kind of right asterisk to that story as it was a Monday night and I showed up having been in that state for like a year, went to the bar that I used to go to a lot and saw it on the menu and was like, I'll just get it. It's, you know, whatever amount of money. And they were like, oh, no, everything's three bucks tonight. It's Trivia Monday or whatever. And I was like, well, then you have me for a while. I'm going to be here <laughs> enjoying some beers. So that's always nice to to have to walk into a, a deal like that, which I definitely did. What about you, John? New England yeah. Brewing, they did Fuzzy Baby Ducks. They did. They that's, still do. Uh, one of the founder, Greg Avolas, it's one of his favorite beers. That's right. Yep. Um, mine as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it was I didn't I didn't travel for the holidays, which was just as stressful as traveling. <laughs> um, but I got some beer Christmas presents. I got a shipment from an online store, so my fridge yes. was full of all these exciting beers. And after reviewing my year in beer stats from last year, I made a, a cognizant point to try and <laughs> check in more of the beers I drink. So I'm mm-hmm. already I'm already killing it. I'm I think I'm at like <laughs> three beers a day so far. Maybe time to slow down. Put the work in. Um, but looking at uh, the supporter stats, it's really cool. I, I can go back and I can already I can remember. Uh, yeah. It was a key lime pie Berliner mm-hmm. from Weldworks. I picked up a few of those, yep. and yeah. every time I drink one, it I mean it it tastes like key lime pie. Yeah, it's amazing. 
maybe more like key lime pie than beer. There's graham cracker. I I love that beer. Yep, it's awesome. Um, so I've had fun with that. And then Harrison was actually talking to me about some low ABV beers coming out. I know Bell's is working on one, and we got pretty excited about what is to come for the warmer weather, although it feels mean to say that. It's been a pretty warm winter so right, far. I know. Yeah, right. It would get much warmer. Well, I mean, yeah, any, anyway, the beers that are prepared for it to the breweries are, it seems like, because there's a, yeah, I've seen probably a half dozen or so just in the past week breweries announced that they're going to have some about 4% hazy session IPA added to their year-round lineup, a lot of them. So, so many that it probably begs to have its own episode of Drinking Socially, perhaps in the near future, kind of going through sounds like a lot of fun. As the rest of the world perhaps catches up and warms up to us, might look for that in the near future because it's kind of surprising it's taken this long, but here it is. We're going to probably enter into early prediction 2020, the year of the session hazy IPA. Why is it taking so long to get us here? Here we are. So Um, we're going to check them out. In terms of weekend news, I honestly, uh, I, there was nothing really that kind of caught my big beer news, but uh, Becca, who kind of, she's been helping us out, you know, um, a behind the scenes yep, guru. Absolutely. Um, picking up trend data and uh, pointing us in the direction of some cool beer stories. She was, I think she was actually the first person that told me that uh, Harrison's friends at Russian River are going to be making Pliny the Younger maybe a little bit more attainable for us regular folks? Perhaps, yeah. I still, I don't know what the distribution on this is like, but you probably saw, or hopefully saw, if not, um, I'm going to let you know right now, that they're going to bottle Pliny the Younger for the first time, which is pretty wild to even think about because forever that, that kind of – phrase they'll never bottle plenty of the younger was like you know death and taxes part of, it yeah. was just part of talking about craft beer and it here we are and we've talked about russian river before on this show and how they recently you know built a brand new brewery and they can make a lot more beer now and and all this really cool stuff um and we're starting to see along with more Pliny the Elder, kind of expanding that distribution footprint of that beer, and Blind Pig, now it looks like, I mean, they're going to have more Pliny the Younger, which is really cool. And I've been fortunate enough to have the beer a couple times. It always came to Philadelphia kind of in early March um, after its February release in uh, at Russian River. So that was fortunate for me to have it a, a lot. But now, yeah, maybe even more people can enjoy it. Because it, it is one of those beers that... Um, Obviously, has crazy hype. Maybe no more hyped up beer out there. And when I had it, I was I was not let down at all. It was perfect. It's a perfectly made beer, and that's what maybe may shock some people. It's not like a hazy bomb. It look it is a West Coast IPA that'll that'll get you where it counts. So um, pumped about that, just that more people can have it because it is a really well made beer that's extremely delicious and. Now a style that you don't see on every as much as you used to. So cool for a lot of reasons. Bitter West Coast triple. It actually sounds kind of like a relief. Maybe not at ten and a quarter percent ABV. Right, I know. Uh, I was looking on their website. There was some awesome. It's almost like a like a Black Friday shopping post. Expect to wait in line maybe five or six hours. Three per person per day rules here. Um, so this is, I mean, this is really exciting that you, you nailed it, Harrison. This is one of the beers that's just been on my hopefully someday list because mm-hmm. of how incredibly difficult. I, I love when breweries make beer that I can't right, get. Can't get. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a love and hate thing. We'll do a would you rather on it at some point. Harrison, are you ready to crack one open? Oh, yeah, right. We keep talking about all this beer. We have a couple in front of us just sitting there. Not getting any colder. Let's jump in this guy. Here we go. Ooh, beer number one. There it is. Always excited to join the party. I got to start opening them farther away from my yeah. face. That's a season three goal. Right. Yeah, we're yeah we're slowly learning as we go here. So uh, beer number one today is Tropicalia. So this comes to us courtesy of Becca, actually. As she was traveling um, in Georgia, I believe, over the holidays as well, or right uh, afterwards. And uh, from Creature Comforts Brewing Company in Athens, 
Georgia. This is an American-style IPA, about 6.6%, 65 IBUs, and the notes on it are balanced, soft, and juicy. It's hopped with Citra, Centennial, and Galaxy, which is a pretty cool combo and almost like um, a, like, uh, like a ghost of Christmas past, present, and future there where like Centennial's this OG high alpha hop. Citra was like the hop of the moment in 2009 and 10 and 11. And then Galaxy was one of the more recent 2015, 16, 17 kind ghost of hops of Christmas, of the moment. past, right. present, future. Exactly. Well said. Well, so it's a cool little collection there of hops that are right, been around for a bit and then somewhat newer and, um, all that cool stuff. So, um, yeah, but this looks delicious. It's kind of like golden color. You can see right through it. Perfectly clear, um, but a, a very familiar color. It's just, uh, I hate to say it, but it's missing the haze I've grown accustomed mm-hmm. to when I say okay. IPA. It's all right. This one rings in at 6.6% yeah. ABV. They do list to 65 mm-hmm. IBUs. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the cool things from Creature Comforts, they're not – huge into distribution right. of their beers. The, uh, the, many of my friends have told me I have to get my hands on this one. It, this is their top checked-in beer Absolutely. on Untapped. This, uh, if, yeah. if you've had Creature Comforts, you're probably familiar with it. And I I see it available pretty much all around Atlanta now. Like This this would be the beer I associate with Atlanta Craft Brewing at, the, at yep. least at the moment or the last couple of years. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, definitely like the beer. Mm-hmm. Let's take a sip. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Ooh. That's <laughs> Ooh. Mm. I oh, I don't yeah. I don't want to sound like oh, I don't want to sound like I'm just feeding into this description, but I swear it mm. gives me three different tastes in the beginning, yep. middle, and end. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it's not with each hop, but um but it's almost three different beers as the, and it's and it's clean, it's refreshing, yeah. it's bitter. It's a Ooh. it's a West Coast made in Atlanta. Yeah. I, I'm probably wrong. For sure. No, no, this has definitely got a nice lingering bitterness. It's not overly intense at all, but it's sitting there on my tongue right now, demanding I take another sip of this beer. This is awesome. Um if you're able to get your hands on this all the time, consider yourself uh fortunate. And it looks like it really only is in Georgia. I mean, as far as I know, they only officially distribute there, but even other check-ins, other places, uh, Jesse and Georgia. And 130,000 total check-ins, 63,000 plus unique, almost 700 this month. I lucky to have it once before when someone else in the office from uh, Georgia brought it in or was traveling, I guess, with someone friend was. I don't remember how it, exactly it happened. It was a couple of years ago. But anyway, um, yeah, and then checked in as recently as 33 minutes ago was doing this this podcast. Um, right now, classic IPA uh, from Josie W. Digging it. Yeah, this is um, great. So, again, yep, not hazy at all. See right through it. A fantastic American style IPA. It is a nice. A lot of the, the kind of East Coast meets West Coast stuff is pretty common. Where right, it's not as crazy bitter as a hop forward West Coast, but it's There's definitely a juiciness. Yeah, there this. is right, right. Mm. Now I always <sighs> kind of just assumed because citra hops got really popular around the time beer got really hazy. Mm. I assumed oh, yeah. that those hops kicked off a it lot does. of haze. Citra kicks off crazy amount of haze, but you can filter that stuff out either through a filter or what most breweries use is stuff like Biofine, which will drop out a lot of protein out of the beer before you package it and clear it up like this. Probably the case. I, I mean, especially I can't imagine they dry hop this with citra, though maybe they do, and they just yeah clean it up before they uh, through different filtration processes before they package it because there's yeah I mean this is not even like hazy at all, slight chill haze maybe, but even still not really, it's pretty much see right through it, um, and it's it smells great. It's like a little stone fruit for a moment, and there's a I get like a bunch of pine in there. Mm. But it's all right. Balance is definitely the word. The, the word they kind of choose to describe it too. First, it's a balanced, soft I mean, and juicy. It's, it's six six six. This isn't a beer I would choose to drink like all day. 
but uh, but I think I could man- I think I could, I could right. manage. I could drink it all night. I could drink it for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't start in the morning with I, it, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't get. Uh, I'm only a few sips in here, and it's just starting to warm up a little bit in my hands. But I, it, it doesn't kind of wreck my palate. It begs me to eat something with it. Um, we're actually doing a little bit of research, uh, prompted by Luke, I believe, from the Facebook group to try and find some ways to pitch beer drinking as healthy. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not a way to pitch beer drinking as healthy, but it does act on enzymes in the liver that also make you feel those hunger pangs. Like beer literally mm. uh, makes you chemically hungry. Right. I'm not a doctor, but well. it's doing this already for me. <laughs> and working. as bitter and, and kind of refreshing as this is, I always yeah. go to, I mean, it makes me want like a pizza or a Huge cheeseburger pizza. Yeah. Pizza. Um, I saw on their brewery page infrequently, but they've done a couple of variants yes, of this. A lot of them. Um, the one that I love just based on the name is Tropicaliente, yes. which they brewed with habaneros. Love that that. would uh, that in a taco. Come on, my night's just over right, at that yeah, point. But also just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they even did a cask of it with uh, with Nelson Salvador Mosaic, and that was a foggy. Beast when they did that, uh, that would have been great. Looks like oh, it looks like just happened in this past December. They had it at uh, the brewery. It looks like a variant of Tropicalia, and then yeah, citrus one, a grapefruit one. This is great. They're having fun with that, and and that's cool too. I think a lot of times I'll hear from a brewer that Untap makes it hard to keep up. Everybody wants a new beer all the time, but right. if you're Creature Comforts, and you've got the success in the brand of Tropicalia. I love the idea of just, you know, making a variant of that because that's just, it's a beer that I love, but I would already want to try this a few different ways. Yeah, they, and back in 2015, they made a, a variant called Truce, like juice and Tropicalia, I guess, combined. Truce, it was a Tropicalia, but they fermented it on a bunch of mango and passion fruit. And it, the pictures from back then look amazing, and it uh, uh, that's an awesome idea as well. So definitely getting a lot out of the tropical. Yeah, there are a ton of variants of this thing. That's uh, that's really. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I, I won't pretend to understand what it's like to come into work and and do that every day, or come up with a new variant on this beer. But for the people that get to drink it, that's got to be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, and some of them are natural, just kind of like asks for it. Like obviously dry hopping something in a cask has become pretty common with all this stuff. Sure, you got a juicy beer. Let's put some habaneros in it. Let's see what grapefruit does. We had a, oh man, it was a milk stout every that we made. Straightforward, pretty straightforward milk stout, but every year we'd put it in a cask with some dehydrated peanut butter powder, and it was like a chocolate peanut butter milk stout. And that we did the first year, and it's one cask. It was the fastest we've ever cleared one. And so next year we did like three, and it moved like the same amount of time. You wouldn't have to try very hard to get me to come <laughs> in awesome. for a pint of that. It was or awesome. a boot or a right. sandwich exactly. or whatever. <laughs> Serve me whatever you got. Give me a bag of it. Um, but, yeah, so, again, um, good on them. But this, uh, yeah, this beer is is solid, and it's great how you know. Again, it's you can talk all day about the hard to find beers and the ones that are, you know, really good and crazy and double dry hopped to hundred pounds per barrel. But there's always something to be said for a brewery that consistently can make a really good beer that can be checked in hundreds of thousands of times, and um, and you know, just be be as interesting and delicious. And uh, this is definitely that. So if you're in Georgia and haven't had this, get it. If you know someone that's there. Tell them you're coming to visit for the weekend and get or on a tap to find this thing. Even if you have had it, one great thing about uh, the badge that Harrison and I are about to Ooh, talk about right. uh, is that you'll hopefully have a reason to check it in again uh, while I'm still oh, drinking yeah. this beer. Uh, Harrison and I, and again, the development, the art team, mm-hmm. pretty much o- almost anybody I can think of it untapped has had a, a conversation with us about getting this drinking socially badge off yeah. the ground. Um, so uh, Harrison and I are going to just kind of walk through mm-hmm. the the plan for season three in this badge and how it works. And hopefully you guys will have fun with us in earning it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're keeping it pretty straightforward to start. You can earn this by drinking one of the beers that, uh, John or I have uh, on drinking socially. 
So basically every episode, Harrison and I are going to do what we've always done. We're going to review mm-hmm. two beers, mm-hmm. sometimes more. We'll do some bonus beers. They'll be sure. listed in the show notes. Yeah. And um, yeah, exactly. We'll link them at the end of the show notes. So you can, yeah, really important if we're doing, like, we're talking about variants or vintages and stuff like that. So you can know exactly which one that we had and therefore which one unlocks the, the badge. So we'll make that pretty clear in the notes to the show. And obviously, while we're drinking them too. Totally. Talk about them just like we always do. And then with this particular badge, every time you drink one of the beers that we've had, you'll earn or you'll level up the drinking socially badge. So if you drink Tropicalia, you'll earn drinking socially level one. If you drink the next beer we open, you'll already be at level two and you can drink them as much as you want, but it only counts once. Right. So yeah, it's not like five to get you to the next level like a lot of the other badges and untapped. This one is each beer gets you to that next level, which is pretty cool. That being said, it's not meant to as a contest. Um, we all know we won't be able to uh, keep up with uh, some of you guys that look like your year in beers, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is not the volume is not the name of the game with this. It's you know, if you can get your hands on a beer we have, perfect. One will do and that'll get you the next level of this badge. Absolutely. It's not meant to be possible to max this out. Don't take that as a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It it can't happen. (laughs) um, Just like tonight, for instance, Harrison and I are drinking this beer from Creature Comforts. Correction, they're based out of Athens, which is east of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But if you don't live or have a friend around that area, it's going to be really hard for you to find this beer unless you go to a festival. So we're going to try. I think, Harrison, we're going to we have some ideas about changing the way we look at beer for this season mm-hmm. yeah, based on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking for, you know, I was looking for ways to get uh, beer from across the pond or the great right North. Uh, if you, you know, if up in Bob and Doug McKenzie land, um, or really any, anywhere, um, because we know that there are people listening to this all over the world. So, uh, and that some of the beers, a lot of the beers we have aren't available everywhere. So, very aware of that now that we have this badge that anyone can can be a part of. So we're going to do what we can to to get our hands on some really cool beer um, that's available all over this uh, this crazy globe we all live on and share and, and are drinking across. There is a whole lot of it. Uh, I was talking to Greg earlier. Uh, our the beer database on Untapped is over six million different yeah, beers wow. right now. Harrison wow. and I are planning on putting about fifty five <laughs> on right. the badge for season three. Right. So uh, it's going to be, we'll release it in the Untapped blog. There'll be a post about the badge. You can get a preview of it, check it out, figure out the stipulations on how to earn it, and we'll list all the beers that are that are uh, available on that badge there, including if you have any left of Anchors, Merry Christmas, Happy yeah. New Year, you can, you can go back and, and <laughs> crack can. one of those and, and still earn the badge from there as Absolutely. well. It'll be any beer on Season 3. Indeed. Cool stuff. All right, so pumped about that. Again, real excited that we're here and we're doing it and excited to see your check-ins and earning the badge out there. That'd be great. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be really fun. And and like we said, one of the things about the Facebook group that I really love is seeing what people are drinking. And this will be kind of a fun way, you know, if you hear Harrison and I talk about a beer and you want to go out of your way to get it, or if it's convenient for you to get it, mm-hmm. uh, at least you'd be able to kind of, you know, earn that badge with us or or, or celebrate it with us. Yeah. It will not have our photos on the badge. That was, that was uh, the one right. rule that, uh, uh. that Greg made clear. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Drinking Socially group on Facebook, we introduced a new segment to the podcast, Would You Rather, uh, yes. on the last episode. And I think the most interesting, uh, it, it wasn't actually me, it was one of the uh, members of the Drinking Socially group turned that into a poll on there. Yeah. And there was, uh, it was, it was amazing, there was about 120 people mm-hmm. out of 130 that answered right. that said they would rather drink a new beer every time. Yeah, that clearly won. Uh, I, I think that's an easy win, even though yes. drinking the same beer is good. It's, it's not there. meant to be easy. Right. I was almost on the same beer every time and then and then flipped last minute. Um, there were definitely, there were some people that had a hard time choosing one or the other. I, I plan on <laughs> making Harrison experience this for every episode. Um, but one, one of the uh, members of the group, Lars, actually had a really cool idea of, you know, would you rather 
have to cycle through all yep. 205 styles of beer before you can come back to your favorite style. Like yeah. if I drink a New England IPA today, I have to drink 204 other styles before, which that honestly, I think that would be really fun, but also problematic when I'm trying to watch a football game. Right. And I go from <laughs> stout to grisette to <laughs> wild fermented sour. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, but that was that that group's been especially with the year in beer um, and the New Year's resolutions and people talking about dry January. Uh, it was really fun to see everybody posting on there. People were asking if dry January is something that we'd all be participating in. Sure. For Harrison and I, the answer is clearly going to be no. But one fun way to to partake is that a couple of breweries, Fair State and Harpoon, just made a beer called Dry January. So that's one way to partake and still have some fun. Um, The Untapped Discord project countered Dry January by doing Wet January, and they're giving you points for checking into beers that are above 10%. Um, right. so, wow, doubling um, down. That, that is Dangerous. the exact opposite direction. But um, <laughs> but those guys are amazing. Uh, they, they do a really good job of keeping track and just adding an, another layer of fun to Untapped. Uh, we'll put a link to their post, their Reddit post in the show notes. But other than that, I think we should probably talk about is there maybe a cool way we can save money on Untapped merchandise, Harrison? Well, there always is, John. There always is. Um, Let's get to that. We'll jam out to some cool new music and we'll be right right back for a new beer. Want to show off your love of Untapped? Check out our online store and pick up Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, more. Depending on how hot or cold you are, go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code podcast when you check out. That'll get 20% off anything you order. That's store.untapped.com. Use the coupon code podcast, 20% off for you. Plus, it lets them know that you guys are listening, and we love that here. Now, getting into the second beer of the show, uh, this one's I, – I, I'm kind of excited. Uh, the next beer we're going to drink is, is called Speed Merchant. Mm-hmm. It's from Platform Beer Company out of Cleveland. Really cool story about Platform that I hope Harrison yes. shares um, but otherwise, this is 6.6 ABV, 66 IBUs listed. So virtually the same beer on paper, except this is listed as a white IPA. Right. Fruity, tropical hops, and the wheat is going to give it a little bit of a different color. But from Platform, this is their top checked-in beer as well. Um, so kind of, I don't know, we'll compare a, a, an Ohio Titan with a Georgia Titan here yeah. in this one. Sure. And this one, yeah, 33,000 plus total check-ins. Ooh, there she is. Uh, 24,000 unique. And it is It is classified as a white IPA, which is so wild to me that anyone even says that anymore because as far as I remember, essentially in the early days, before like everything was in New England, it was kind of like beers in New England that were hazy were New England IPAs or Northeast IPAs. And then if you made one somewhere else, it was like a white IPA. And then New England became a style. And then if you had a white IPA, you just changed the name to marketing New England IPA. So, I, I mean, as far, I, I think the point they're trying to make, though, is highlight the white wheat, which is really cool and is a different kind of wheat than what you see probably in a lot of – New England's where they probably used uh, like torrified or unmalted, like rolled wheat, which um, is is unmalted, so you it really can mess up your mash, but it does uh, kind of improve the mouthfeel, make it a bigger mouthfeel. Obviously, kicks off a lot of haze. Uh, white wheat is a malted wheat, and it uh, more it kicks off as much protein or has a lot of protein on it to create a lot of haze too. But it's easier. To work with, it's not going to turn your mash into oatmeal like an unmalted wheat might. Um, so yeah, there's kind of three different kinds of wheat. There's the unmalted, the red wheat, which is just like regular wheat or normal, if you will, wheat that is malted, and then white wheat, which is a different uh, species of wheat that's not 
Um, doesn't look as they have like that red hue of uh, what most wheat looks like when it is malted. So that's what they're using here, and that's why they're naming it that, just to kind of highlight that uh, side of it. And it is, it looks like a New England IPA. It looks hazy. 100% uh, looking look the glass is entirely different than yeah. the incredibly see-through Creature Comforts beer. Some classic examples of white IPAs, whether you already had them or are looking for some to compare, Chainbreaker from Deschutes. Yep. Uh, that one's pretty big. Galaxy White from Anchorage. Anchorage is a great brewery up in Alaska. Yep. It's a year-round for them if you happen to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Long Thaw from Harpoon. I don't know if they – it used to be a seasonal beer. I don't know if they right. still do that. I see – accumulation from yep. new belgium that's Love the that. one that uh, that i generally like i've Me had too. that beer many times without mm-hmm. really even thinking about it being a white ipa yeah can i assume aside from the marketing lingo that may make a brewer decide whether he wants to call it a new england or a white generally harris and i i've always kind of viewed them as almost like a wheat beer that got turned into an ipa like is yeah, that- so that right that was right so there's it's interesting and we could spend a fair amount of time kind of talking about the parallel evolutions if you will of what we now all refer to as new england or or hazy ipas even the new england has started to drop off and now people just kind of refer to them as hazy, hazy ipas overall. But right, like there was a oh man, I'm trying to remember which brewery it was. But yes, there were a lot of breweries that started making hoppy wheat beers. Yep, I remember uh, Boulevard's eighty acre. Right, that beer was great. And there, were, I think Ithaca did one as well. That was like a just a and that was a, it was explained or on the label said a hoppy wheat beer, um, and that was like iteration one. Is that it, Flower Power? No, Flower Power is just a, their American IPA. But it was I forget what it was. It was I think their Excelsior were 13. It was like a crazy beer they bottle conditioned, and it was absolutely amazing. It was one of the first hazy, hoppy beers I'd ever had from Ithaca, but they described it as like a hoppy wheat beer. Okay. And so like that's one brewery's version of kind of the same, telling the same story with different words. You know, it's, Like now if I see an IPA and they say it was uh, flaked oats kind of get me excited, right. I assume it, right. it'll have a different mouthfeel, if anything, yeah, or and have cool it, adjuncts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. So, so some of them exactly right. Like, uh, yeah, like J- Chainbreaker. Um, they use malted wheat. They use a bunch of different kinds of wheats in that this that beer. So there's malted and unmalted. Um, it's just hopped more. But like how they got there, it's got you know obviously the New England was let's make hazy beers or let's. Let's un, let's make unfiltered beers at a time when there were a lot of hops kicking off a lot of haze, and let's add some weed to it because let's be crazy and check it out. I, I mean, that'd be a fun story to have to talk to the alchemist to kind of see like what what crawled up your brain and said, "Let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> Much like the invention of chocolate chip cookies, right. which my mom would tell you was an accident by <laughs> yep. someone making biscuits and chocolate chips right. fell in the... I mean, right. that seems weird that your chocolate chips would be so carelessly right. stored above your biscuit mixing, right. but right. however we got there, I'm very right. grateful for both New England IPAs and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, as are, as we, as are we all, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that we kind of... A lot of breweries and a lot of regions got to this same place differently, and I, I, I see white IPA as almost interchangeable you could argue as a new england ipa or a hazy ipa you you could argue that um most white ipas aren't focused as much on like the double dry hopping dry hopping that whole aromatic game that almost every new england is and maybe that at the end of the day is the measurable difference but you line them up and blindfold me or not even just line up a white ipa with a hoppy wheat ale with a new england with a hazy with a unfiltered juicy and i'm gonna have a hard time telling you kind of what's what and that's just kind of where we're at right now i think it's a lot of it's regional actually another thing that's really important is as we know traditionally new england's are lower on the ibu side of things white ipas don't care about that or you could be a more bitter hazy beer um and that and call yourself a white ipa Whereas traditionally New England's were late hop additions, not a lot of bitterness. So I guess a couple of things can can highlight them, but there is no like hard and fast. You can't dry hop it. It has to be more bitter. 
So many rules and so many gray areas. I'm watching Harrison taste this one, and I'm right behind you, man. I'm excited. I love this beer. I've never had this beer. It's so good. This beer is awesome, and uh, they must dry hop it at least once. I mean, it's so... Ooh, wow. Totally different. Yep. Yep. I mean, very different than, yeah, Creature Comforts, absolutely. Holy Um, cow. There's a certain smoothness to it. You definitely get that like wheat kind of coating your mouth a little bit, that as, as the hops do as well. Um, very fruity, a lot of stone fruit in the nose. A lot much, of mangoes in there and stuff. Instantly, I would say that this compares much more with the the beers that are on trend today. Right. It's not aggressively bitter. It's fruity on the nose and on the initial sip, and the to use an overused word, mouthfeel is. I mean, it's like it's so easy to. I could almost pound this in two or three sips without even thinking twice I, yeah, about exactly. it. This I is, did the first time I had it; it was gone in like a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, gulped it right down there. So yeah, so yeah, more of a stronger hop character than you may find in, in bitterness than you may find, but it's not overly powering at all. Again, it's balanced just by looking at the stats about it on the can one thing that i'm just noticing here like can design for both of these i'm not a a designer like tim or kyle to tell you one from the other Mm -hmm. but what i love about the platform beer is they give me a breakdown it's got two row wheat care wheat care Mm -hmm. foam acidulated grains they tell me one two three four five hops including centennial simcoe citra Comic and Chinook, Comet and Chinook. Yeah, they tell right. me it's an American ale yeast, and the nice. adjunct is flaked wheat. Like they break right, down this beer wheat. on the mm-hmm. label for me. Mm-hmm. And if I understand correctly, Platform's origins kind of are. Did they? I I believe I've heard. So this already isn't is incredible. <laughs> Exciting. But uh, I will. Okay, I should say that I know that I've heard that when Platform kind of originally set up, it was almost like a brewery incubator. Right or like a startup where you would go there and and brew beers and I'm um, I'm understanding maybe this I'm making up or or filling in the blanks but they kind of hit on Speed Merchant and it was a good beer so they started making it and now they're in Cleveland and Cincinnati I think they've got a coffee company but I mean they've definitely made uh, the Ohio beer scene something uh, of a nationwide uh, lure right. Yeah, I mean, it was founded by Paul Brenner, who used to, or maybe still does, own a homebrew supply store. So into the homebrew game, and uh, Justin Carson, who owned like a draft line cleaning service, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it pretty much hit hit the nail on the head. It was it kind of started um, out as uh, like a secondary mission, being to educate and facilitate the kind of the brewing education for the greater Cleveland area. And with that, yeah, came lots of uh, experimentation and they definitely nailed uh, nailed it on, on this one in terms of a beer that is reproducible, approachable. Um, but from you know, someone, which I only had it once before, John, the first time today, it's great. Like it's, it's, it's enjoyable each time I've had it so far. And, and uh, I can, again, if you, if you get your hands on it, this is an awesome beer to be, you know, in every six pack shop out there and knowing it's always just a, a dr- quick drive away. Um, but yeah, this is a, it's pretty solid. And I do love that they list everything about it that you can on that can. Um, Cause that does make drinking it a little more interesting. Um, when you can read a bit about it. And of course, as a disclaimer, I'll list that Platform was sort of recently, maybe in the last year, if I can remember, yep. time kind August of phase. 2019, yep. Acquired by Anheuser-Busch. Um, if you're ever kind of wondering, it's, it's not a, it's not the end-all source for information, but what I like is that over the last couple of years, Untapped will let you know if you go to Platform's brewery mm-hmm. page, it's a subsidiary of Anheuser-Busch. I haven't had this beer when Platform was tiny and small, but right. having it right now, I, there's it's still a very drinkable beer, and That's I awesome. see that they've done with this one in particular, just like Creature Comforts, there's variants with Pineapple Speed Merchant and nice. stuff like that as well. Oh, that's the that's that's awesome. I mean, yeah, to uh, especially a beer like this, it is your flagship to kind of um, reinvent it. I'm sure it's something that, as a brewmaster, you want to do and kind of get curious about what if we tweaked this or changed this and um, to experiment with that stuff. It's 
it's probably why most brewers get into this is the, you know, obviously it's mostly science, but to have fun with it and tweak some things, dry up some stuff, change things around um, and see how people respond to that, how you respond to it. We used to do it not often, but enough, often enough where it was exciting every time we would slightly change a beer. Sometimes at a necessity, like a hop contact would run out from something and we'd be like, oh, this is what the you yep. know Brewer Association recommends you replace it with. And now we drive them with something different. And all right, when is that one when, when going to keg? And when can we taste that beer? And we would then save some of that and do test each other on, you know, blind taste testing of what is different about each one of these beers to kind of compare it. And can we change, can we perceive the difference, you know, side by side in a double blind study? So, um, yeah, definitely. And that's kind of getting side, you know, intense with it. It's also just fun to throw some pineapple in a wet IPA and see, see what, what happens. happens. <laughs> but that's a, that's a really, like, I remember when Ballast Point, um, I heard this from the Ballast Point sales rep years and years ago, but they acquired or bought a farm so they could grow their own hops so they wouldn't have to worry about that for, sure. I can't remember if it was Grunion or Sculpin or whatever it was, but I mean, Sierra Nevada's made the same torpedo forever. It'd be silly of me to assume they haven't had to make slight adjustments over the last 30, 40 yeah, years. they say that on the bottom of every page on their website, something along the lines of, you know, brewing is as much art as science and any, you know, the brewer, always at the brewmaster's discretion to change any of these ingredients based on availability and freshness and all that stuff, which is... I'd Very prefer real. that. Yeah, like exactly. I'd, I'd want my chef to do that right. as well. Exactly. Please don't right. serve me right. exactly. Old soft shell crab in North Dakota. That'd be <laughs> <Right>. weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I still no. order it, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah, you don't want to to do it just because you you're supposed to do it if it's not going to get a, create a quality product. So, um, and that's kind of an unspoken, I guess, if you will, rule or understanding in this industry is that just you're dealing with organic ingredients that uh, change themselves and variability changes, availability changes uh, kind of have to be flexible with that. Cause um, knowing at any moment you could, uh, you know, have a bad year and the centennial thought you were going to get, you're only getting half of it. And okay, what do you do next? You have to have a plan for that. So, um, but anyway, this is great. I definitely want to try more from them. Bummed I have and curious to see if perhaps that, uh, being part of ABI starts seeing them in more places now. I, on um, Untapped, I can see they're in like Pittsburgh and yeah. Indianapolis, and so hopefully yep. that uh, if there is any uh, win outside of maybe healthcare and a paid vacation, finally, right, as right. a brewer, um, maybe more people can get their hands on this as well. Yeah, because this uh, is great. This is a really good beer. It's well made. It's tasty. It makes me want like an avocado blue cheese fruit mm, salad. Um, it tastes like it would it would survive well with that or complement it well. Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, I'm hungry, Harrison. You can tell. But, that I- <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get to one of the segments that Becca was really excited to introduce. She kind of spoke with Harrison and I about it. Yeah. And initially, she just said, "How about Mount Beermore?" And I mm. had no idea what that was, and right. I wanted to play along. Like, of course, sure. yeah, Mount Beermore yes. that everybody, but. She kind of introduced it as like, all right, we all know, most of us know what Mount Rushmore is. Right. Um, for those of us that don't, it is a mountain in the United States of America and South Dakota that was carved mainly from dynamite out of mainly granite, awesome. which has honestly really impressive uh, yeah. visages of, mm-hmm. of uh, four presidents uh, early on in American history. And the idea is those presidents were kind of iconic to the founding fathers of America. Let's make a Mount Beermore for John and Harrison and hopefully for any lucky or unlucky soul that's on here as an interview. Right. Uh, we can ask them who would be on their own Mount Beermore. So the premise of this is that Harrison and I will kind of roll out our George Washington here. Yep. And hopefully before halfway through the year, we'll be able to fill up our, our four essentially most important beers. Yes. To mine to, to me us, and, and right. Harrison, exactly. yours to you, to of our course. Own, our own beer journeys. And then maybe have some fun with it too along the way, kind of test out some other versions of, of Mount Beermore, looking at uh, at other factors in the, the beer world. But yeah, I love this idea. I thought it was great. It makes you kind of always good to reflect, especially the beginning of a, New year, kind of look back, new season, drinking socially and 
see what what got me here, what's kind of been the the go tos or the beers that really ins, you know inspired you, got you excited, made you step back and go whoa, or simply just is the thing you you're kind of your blanket, your 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 <laughs> favorite you, Disney movie in a glass, big day at home, chicken noodle soup <laughs> right. beer. What I, is we, that? we still for the last almost year have asked people joining the Facebook group, you know, what's your what's the beer that got you into craft beer? Yeah. And you know, you get a variety of answers, but basically it's like, you know, the first time I had a beer that wasn't a giant domestic beer mm-hmm. or the first time my friendship rarely do I get uh the response that, you know, it it was platform speed merchant and it's the only beer I drink it every day. Right. No one ever says that. But I think that there should be some homage paid to sure. whatever it was that moment that took you from I'm not really sure about beer or it's just yes. a thing I have to drink 12 of yeah. to holy cow, this opens up a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. And that could happen. Yeah, for me it's happened a bunch. But I definitely, so this has been very fun and it'll probably be an exercise more of elimination than addition for me of picking just four. But that's good. It'll force me to really... Kind of think about, um, really think about it, and, uh, and and choose wisely. But for me, beer one was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you, you were writing the answer down before I even exactly. really finished explaining exactly it. <laughs> right, it can't go. It's yeah, it's peas in a pod. Uh, good old Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and me. So that would be probably my Desert Island beer. Certainly. The George Washington, sure, we'll say the George Washington of my my uh, my Mount Beermore. I'm excited to get to my Teddy Roosevelt. If we're gonna, aren't we all? Yeah. So, but for me, that that was a, a quick one up there without much hesitation. Uh, without that, I would certainly not not be here today. And really, for the reason, not just because it's a good beer and it's been made well for a long time, and it is important for craft beer as a whole, but my. I think the first time I drank it was in like a dive bar in Baltimore and it was after it was a hot it was Memorial Day weekend and I like snuck in out of the heat and the gross asphalt and the sweat and the people of that day and was like I'm hungry this place will do let me get some nachos and I'll take that beer and I remember thinking whoa this is Really, really, really hoppy. I don't know. And I was in college at the time. Like, I don't know if this is for me. And then as the nachos and the heat happened and I kept yes. drinking it, I was like, yes. oh, this is something's happening now, right? Like I'm having an experience that's kind of symbiotic and something's going on in my brain. And, uh, you know, and it, it kind of, it, you know, the beginning was was ominous, but it turned out to be a, a great day that I still remember, you know, now many, many, many years later um, of it in a single afternoon going from a thing that was, you know, kind of just there to, oh, kind of weird and different to, holy cow, what else? What else can I find? Kind of chasing that carrot, if you will, and, and still still grabbing at it today. But started probably in that, one of that, in that moment, certainly an early memory for me that uh, stuck with me. But, John, where, where are you at? Well, based on your answer, I want to change mine now. <laughs> but it's already written down. In stone um, in the mountain. So perhaps I will have a different Thomas Jefferson than I initially planned. But for my George Washington, for me, it's the most important craft beer for me, maybe of my whole life. It's it's Founders All Day. I know, you know, we're founders good or bad or whatever whatever mistakes they may have made. This beer transcends for me this is the beer that i use to introduce people to an ipa yeah it's the beer that i buy a 15 pack of when i'm going to the beach it's my fridge beer and for me it's the most important because it's the it's the beer that i compare not you know a barrel aged stout to those are different right but when i'm drinking even like the two beers we've had tonight i kind of in my head i'm comparing them to my founders all day that's right. the one i want to drink forever right. and or i could it's the one i should say it's the mm-hmm. one if if i went the right. other way on my would you rather yeah. for the last episode right. and every beer had to be the same one that was it it would be founders all day mm-hmm. disclaimer or asterisk i really hope to find a new founders all day in mm-hmm. 2020 yeah 
this platform's ABV is a little bit too high for that, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about the hazy session beers that yes. I hope to see in 2020 because yeah. even Founders All Day, it's aged now and I'm looking for something that I can drink and wash and repeat without thinking about it that gives me a, a new flavor. Yeah. Uh, is it mean to run and replace my George Washington already? No, it's fine, John. It's that okay. beer's important to me because it instilled, Progress. it took me to a place where craft beer wasn't just, holy cow, I got really drunk on that Belgian triple, right. but it took me to a place where this is a beer I can drink all day long. Yeah, truly. Yeah, the perfect name for it. And I think it's gotten better with time. Like the Aldi IPA, of, you go get one right now in early 2020. I mean, I drank a lot of it over the summer, and I remember liking it then more than I ever have. So that's always good, too, to revisit something you had that you liked and then had it again and liked it even more for similar reasons. So great selection. Palettes change, I guess, just as much as brewing recipes, too. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but stick with us. We're going to keep building out our Mount Bearmore. Um, so keep checking back. We'll keep you updated as we kind of keep reflecting and re-drinking some beers maybe we haven't had in a while to aid in that reflection. And and encourage you to think of your own, too. I mean, what's the most important craft beer in your life? Yeah, I mean, and don't rush. You don't need to, it can be a journey. Take your time with it. We're not doing all four today for a reason. But if you have your all four, go ahead, share it with us. Jump on that, that Drinking Socially Facebook group. I'm sure a lot of you guys do, and we'll be pumped to uh, to check that stuff out. And hopefully you'll be pumped for the next, uh, the recurring session uh, on Drinking Socially Season 3, Would You Rather? Oh, boy. The stats we gathered uh, kind of alluded to them already. There was uh, 6.4% of respondents said that they would rather drink the same beer all the time. So mm-hmm. no matter how important your George Washington is, it's always important to be you know, manifest destiny, mm-hmm. keep pressing westward, find new beers. Yes, I think that's really exciting to see. It is. Harrison and I were actually trying to come up with this uh, just before we started to record. Yeah. And it's really difficult to come up with a a realistic repercussion. Right. Right. They're all make-believe. Sure. They're in a pretend world. It's designed to be a really difficult question to answer. But this one is kind of prompted by the dry January, we'll say, celebrations. Um, but mainly my beginning is, you know, we've all had a hangover, maybe not all of us, but mm. some of us have, and they're <laughs> definitely worse as you get older. Yeah. So the Ugh. question I pose to you and to you, Harrison, mm-hmm. is would you rather drink whatever beer you want, as many as you want, mm-hmm. and never feel a hangover, mm. never feel the effects, never feel a buzz, right. never ever get a hangover, you could drink two-hearted all day long right never feel the effects or drink whatever you want still feel the buzz but feel a hangover every time <laughs> it's initially i when i was putting it together especially with harrison we were trying to come up with a way to make this tough to answer and right. i think we might have made this one too difficult well it's i mean right because it's always enjoyable to kind of at the end of the day have a little couple beers relax have that you know, help you sink into the couch a little bit more. Maybe that your neck hurts and then it doesn't after two hearted or five. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> five hearted, yeah. Five hearted, <laughs> right. To, uh, and stuff like that. But then also, right, the, I mean, my day starts whenever a small child decides to elbow me in the head in the dark at, you know, four in the morning. So to have a headache on top of that, <laughs> I just, I mean, it's a price I've, I've paid and don't want to, don't want to pay anymore. But at the same time, right, like, uh, you know, what am I doing at that point? It consuming all these beers, other than obviously enjoying how awesome they taste. Uh, that is why you should be drinking beers, not to some end of just you know. The taste the is day the, the taste in today's beer world is amazing, but yeah. the effects are what I think make beer more exciting than obviously responsible effects. I'm sure. not talking about drink so much platform. You right, drive right. to Cleveland exactly, right. um, or Uber <laughs> there. Wake but, up there tomorrow. Um, that's, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, but it's uh, right. So you're kind of faced with this, right? The, the, the kind of, there are obviously beneficial effects to drinking a couple of beers and having it relax you and, 
Exactly. Make things more enjoyable, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also if now you're saying the world I live in is every time I drink, I can become, yeah, yeah, feel the effects of it, but then also always have a hangover or drink as much beer as I want, which that's exciting to me. And then also not feel the effects of it. I, I mean, I, first of all, if it's, if that's the world we live in where everyone can drink as much as they want, but you're not being impacted by it. I think YouTube disappears. I think all these great videos of people falling off couches and tables and trying to <laughs> jump over their friend's car, none of that happens anymore. And we're just kind of left with a big void there of what do I do to break up the day now? I can't, I can't, can't watch somebody fall off a lawn chair down a deck, you know, staircase. It's just not happening. So, <laughs> you know, that's something's going to have to replace that. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know what that, what that is. Something will fill that void though. Um, but, uh, but in the process, you know, yeah, I'm able to, to enjoy a, a ton more beer in a kind of a new way. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, 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 it's, it's tough. You're right. It's tough. Cause it, initially that's what I want because hangovers are the worst, but Terrible. you give up a lot you're giving up, a, you know, the, that kind of, um, magical, the spirit side of this, this beer we've all come to know and love um, that is kind of transcendent and uh, and unique to it. Um, so it's tough. I mean, I think I land on the, mm, I think just because, like you said, when you get older, hangovers hit you like a bus. I guess I'm going to, I guess I'd walk away from that and just drink more bourbon, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found the loophole, I see. Uh, didn't didn't see that coming. Um, so it's it again. It's impossible. I mean, obviously, the perfect answer is I'd rather turn off the hangover and then you know turn on the the effects when I need them. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I don't think if I, if I wouldn't feel the effects and I would never have a hangover, it would be great. I could drink all the beer in my cellar, in my fridge. I could go out for lunch and have a bourbon barrel stout at 12% because they do taste amazing. And I wouldn't have to worry about coming back after lunch and saying, holy cow, how do I stay awake now? (laughs) Um, But for me, it's uh, I I would have to choose drinking beer without the elation that Mm. comes from a 12% bourbon barrel stout even if the effects were problematic, uh, I think I, I wouldn't want one without the other. Of course, I, I had one hangover in 2019 that made me want to stop everything. Uh, <laughs> that was that was that was a 37 year old hangover that Ugh. was a big welcome home. Um, <laughs> but for me, I would I would I would choose to keep the effects. I think ultimately. Ooh. The question that we're asking is, you know, are you willing to give up the good and the bad um, or do you want to live with them both? Right. Uh, We were trying to come up with a would you rather that kind of played on the dry January thing. And this was about, I think, as close as we could get. And for me, I'll keep the bad and the good. (laughs) I'm not excited about more bad, but I don't think for me it's not worth it to get rid of the good. That's how I'm going to rationalize it in my head. Right. And, you know, for what it's worth, this is not recommended, but if you could drink whatever you want and then always feel a hangover, I mean, theoretically, couldn't you also then, as soon as that hangover started, just start drinking again? I mean, <laughs> and just live on the hair of the dog until it's, we didn't get very, we didn't get very medical in this, I right, suppose. Like, right. You either keep drinking beer and never feel and never feel the effects, or you keep drinking beer and never feel hungover. At some point, you're just waiting. It's, there's only right. so much all day in the world. Right. Like, oh yeah, I got to go to work. I got to bring a a Camelback full of Bud Light just to sit just through to, the day, so I don't pass out and throw up on my VP's feet. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, you know, but if that's the world you live in, you're right. Then maybe that that's the industry you want to invest in is kind of the Camel Packs for for beer. Yep, which is just a camel pack. Yeah, but you have gallon <laughs> flasks, right? I need one for tonight, one for in a, another half liter for the morning. Um, yeah, ugh, that sounds like a it's just a that doesn't end well. It's uh, an irresponsible. I, I would consider myself an irresponsible person for saying I want to keep the good 
uh, and live with the bad right. versus get rid of the bad right. and miss out on the good. But I, don't, I mean, when I've done it responsibly, three, four, five beers, sometimes we've gone pretty pretty heavy at a bottle share and yeah. I do pay for it the next day. But yeah. um, there's been, there's one time I karaoke'd, uh, two times in my life I've danced. Right. So there's there's been times where beer has has really Done brought something. me to out of my right. comfort that's, zone. Yeah, that transcendence. Yeah, and that's, I, that's uh, my not my favorite part about beer, but it's a nice uh, it's a nice it's nice a, random a, event. Right. <laughs> right to dance with the bubbly lady, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they do now. Oh man, um, Becca showed me a whole list of. Weird beer names that were from three, four, five hundred years ago. They used to call like neck oil used to be a, a slang term for beer. Yeah, um, I think beaver doesn't Beaver Town and Beaver Town have does a neck a, oil. Yep. Oh. And I, I I didn't even put two and two together until I was reading through some really bad ones too. But, I'm sure uh, maybe one day we'll talk about those more. In oh, the meantime, yeah. um, I'm hoping that your Mount Beermore. Uh, is being, being is being slowly yes. crafted. It, it took the United States well over what was planned uh, to get theirs finished. <laughs> I think it was somewhere around 12, 15 years, we'll say, start to finish. And mainly it got finished because funding ran out. But um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take you 15 years to get yours. Uh, ponder on the would you rather. Enjoy beer when you drink it. And thanks for listening to Harrison and I walk through another inside look at Untapped and beer. Yeah. Until then, show notes will be available at podcast.untapped.com or wherever you listen. If you have any questions or feedback, connect with Untapped directly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, connect directly with Harrison and I and the Facebook group Drinking Socially. You'll find all these links in the show notes, but otherwise. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.